All right, for those of you just joining us, got a good one going here. Rock man taking no chances, starting right off in the missionary. Okay. He's trying to find his rhythm. Oh, Julia James with a surprise finger in the keister. And Brockmeyer is anyway. Oh, man, the old fastball sign makes for a real snug butt plug. Welcome, welcome, welcome to last week's... I mean, uh, that's not the right show. Um, it's... <laughs> Matt and Bob, and we're here to pod. This is the analysis. Matthew Hayes, Bob Panalone, and guess what? It's our fiftieth anniversary or episode. The champagne, man. For the fiftieth episode, you'd think our intro would be a little more polished. Well, we nailed it. That was great. Fiftieth <laughs> episode, and last week tonight. Uh, anyway. Welcome, brother. Welcome back, man. Good to hear your voice. I know the silky, the silky tones. Our front man, the front man, right. leader of the back. So, what's up, brother? Let's dive in. Let's get to business. Yeah. So you had you brought to me today. We're going to be talking a little Brock Meyer, a new show on HBO. Brock Meyer. Uh, <laughs> Hulu, Hulu, with. Um, no, it's on. Uh, it's on IFC or something. Yeah. Yeah, it's so a, Hulu carries it. Yeah, yeah, Hulu carries it. I did just subscribe to Hulu. I have a free month going just to watch this show because I was intrigued. And holy shit, I feel like I found something. I feel like I've stumbled on like a, like a like I've discovered a band that hasn't really hit it big yet. How about you? Yeah, well, I'm glad you brought it to my attention. Um, I I had a wisp of it, but I wasn't really planning to watch it. I was like Hulu's kind of off my radar. Um, but, uh, this is so funny because, I mean, so Hank Azaria is the lead character. He, he talks about this all the time because him and Harry Shearer do the, the, the baseball announcer play-by-play guys uh, on Simpsons all the time. Yeah, the isotopes. Yeah. <laughs> like the, the, the pretzel episode and, uh, Whitey Four now on the field begging for some kind of sanity <laughs> and a barrage of pretzels Rumble. sends Whitey unconscious. <laughs> so funny and then so he's always talked about like uh these old announcers they'll just um because he's him and harry had this idea they they like to uh, bounce around where if you like just imagining a, a batter up there fouling the three two pitch off constantly and just like these guys w- w- what are they going to cr- come up with just uh Oh the yeah fastball low and oh and he fouls that off three and one anyway so I had this uh this Chinese food last night it's really not sitting well I think we're a little gassy oh and that's high inside yeah <laughs> just um, a bit outside so yeah the the show is so do you do you know the origins of even Brockmeyer have you have I told you about this because this was something that was actually speaking of just it was built in how I discovered the show was built into the fabric of baseball because I went with my older brother Drew and my uncle Terry to opening day in Detroit and my brother was like hey have you seen this Brockmeyer thing and I was like no what are you talking about and apparently this started as just a, a six minute bit on funny or die and oh that's what it was and okay. so the I wonder if he had like put it on just you know video at some point yeah, yeah, I, I'm not sure, but uh, uh, yeah, so it, it was a six-minute bit on Funny or Die where basically, and it's the the first, the premise of the opening of the first episode, the pilot, where Brock Meyer is this pretty famous announcer, doing pretty well, kind of like a Joe Buck kind of guy, 
and he's you know very dapper and audience uh, crowds love him and he goes home to get his lucky pen uh, to to call the the next game of a double header and when he goes home his wife is getting blasted by their neighbor and so he goes <laughs> back to call the second half of the double header and so good. gets wasted and you know just completely has a meltdown and and it's just it's hilarious he's like you know, uh, you know. Oh, that's deep, deep and gone. Kind of like my neighbor's balls in my wife's ass. Uh, <laughs> Which was essentially the cold open on uh, the pilot. Exactly, exactly. And so then he's he's singing the uh, the the seventh inning stretch, and it's take your cock out of my wife's ass. <laughs> and <laughs> I'm so glad they stretched it out. I mean, that's really the funniest part of the show is that stuff. Um, and they were able to successfully stretch it into an eight-episode arc. Yeah, which is season one. But I think I think the root of the humor, the stuff that makes me laugh, is obviously when he's drunk, and it's really that first moment where it's just this great baseball announcer voice just uh, really going off the rails. Yeah, it's yeah. Really fun to watch. And he never and 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 so then the the, the bit in the video and, and it kind of becomes the bit in that in that pilot episode is that he doesn't know how to do anything else but announce so he starts showing up at little league baseball games and he's like not a lot of people here at the ballpark or he's just announcing he's announcing his own shits and wiping his ass <laughs> brock my <laughs> brock Meyer, a front to back wiper pretty uncommon <laughs> that's so good yeah, my my favorite part i think it was like episode one or two not to spoil any plot lines, but he plows his boss, the owner of the team. Yeah. And when he's having sex with him, he's like, oh, a really solid session here. Oh, we got a good one brewing here. <laughs> yeah. Oh, and she puts the anal, the, puts the thumb up his ass and oh, Brock Meyer's into it. The, yeah, Brock Meyer's into it. <laughs> okay, here we go. Here we go. Uh, we, we got a solid missionary going here. Yeah, nice yeah. rhythm. <laughs> nice rhythm. Yeah. <laughs> that was that. I I want to see more of that. Just like just unable to stop. I, I guess they do bring it in to the. They they never take it to the point where it gets annoying. But um, that was that's the best stuff. Where he's yeah he doesn't know what else how else to live his life. He just has to he, kind of like, yeah he announce announces everything. he announces it everything and and he never turns off his his radio voice and and you wonder if these uh, guys yeah, that's his like that's his actual everyday yeah that's voice his base that's his baseline voice that he has all the uh -huh. time uh and of course you know you got the drunken mess thing and and it you know it's it's a common storyline in baseball or, or like sports films where once was a big star had some sort of catastrophe has to go back to the minors work his way back into it you know very much the same way kenny motherfucking powers was and he's bounding down yeah. uh you've seen it a bunch of times but really i i don't really have a problem with that uh it's it's the the laughs and, and, and it's really vulgar and it goes certain uh -huh. places uh, and again not to spoil too much but uh, there's a whole episode on abortions or not uh, and oh yeah yeah and they do it in a way where it's a little uncomfortable but also kind of funny I I, I don't I, again I don't want to get in too detail with it without spoiling that made for some solid uh, character development I I don't think it really got it too kind of cringe worthy I think it was like really. Like it was down to earth and and you know real life issues. Yeah, it. yeah, yeah. I think they handle it in a really really nice way. Uh, but yeah, he's there's some there's some fantastic one liners uh, and him him just getting wasted. There there's epi there's episodes where like he was he's he was ensuing riots between them and a rival team. 
uh, and him, yeah, <laughs> freaking out on the on the, the the team across the way, and and, and uh, some of his soliloquies just fantastic. And, and again, he's he's a, he's a fall down drunk. It's it's a great Hank Azaria character and a guy who really has has been in Hollywood for a long time, has always just been absolutely hysterical, but doesn't get a lot of shine and doesn't get a lot of opportunities to carry his own pilot. And so I really, really have been enjoying this. And it just came back on. This week was was the first ever, uh, the first episode of season two. So, Oh, was it really? I, I only, I just finished up season one. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. So season cool two just started on the 25th. So it just came back, uh, and you know now he's kind of working his way back up, trying to get to the major leagues. But yeah, I love this. I love the part where like that rival town comes in, and he's just like, "Let me tell you a story about uh, when I was driving through Bedford or whatever it was, and uh, I saw a man just beating on a dog, <laughs> just really, <laughs> really laying into the dog. <laughs> yeah, and those are the kind of people I... that exist over there in Bedford. Yeah, I love the calls too, where it's like. Whoa, that ball can never be buried in a Jewish cemetery because that got tattooed. Yeah. Or he always he always uses Godfather references that don't make any sense <laughs> when he's calling the games. Uh, like what? I I can't. Oh oh, was there a Fredo in there? I, no, I'm thinking of something else. Yeah, it's like uh, yeah, it's stuff like God damn. Oh oh oh, it's, no, it was like uh, um. Leave the gun, take the cannoli, or something. Yeah, like yeah, yeah. I yeah, I think I remember that one. He, he like Godfather's his favorite movie, so he always tries to reference it in, and it, it doesn't always make sense. I can't remember sp- the specific lines, so this isn't a great anecdote, but uh, yeah, it worked. Pretty good show. So yeah, check it out. It's um, it was a sleeper. It was a lot of how I felt when I first discovered Last Man on Earth, which is another bizarre comedy that. I, I love to watch, uh, but and these are little half-hour episodes, right? They're little. Oh, they're perfect. Yeah, I mean, uh, in today's binge culture, you're you're like three episodes in, and you're like, uh, "Wow, all right, yeah, well, I'll go another one. Why not?" And then, yeah, yeah, they, they just plow through twenty minutes each. So that's that's been a nice little find. Thanks for the tip there, Bob. Brock Meyer, you can find it on Hulu uh, unless you have IFC. Is that like a channel on most cable? I don't know. Networks? Probably. Yeah. Anyway, just go to Hulu. Go to Hulu. Um. Uh, and then uh, next up, uh, let's continue along with our uh, our watching of Barry. Um, I think uh, we talked about the first couple episodes, and now we're we're chugging along. I think episode five was last week Sunday. We're yeah. recording on a Sunday today, so mm-hmm. uh, we'll have a fresh Barry tonight. And I think it's really hitting the stride. I, I've been having a lot of fun. I am with too. It. Did you notice one thing? You being a giant fan of True Detective season one. That the Yellow King is also the Chechen. Yeah, uh-huh. uh, I, I can't remember the damn name, the actor's name. But uh, yeah, I, I was like, where do I know that? I, I recognize this guy. I recognize this guy. It's fucking Yellow King. Yeah, the Yellow King. Yeah, I, I noticed that right away. What a versatile actor. Yeah, because he's like really kind of funny and, and a big doofus in this. Well, I guess he was kind of a doofus in that, but it was uh, frightening in the same way. Yeah. He's great. And then once again, Harry Winkler is stealing the show with. Oh, he's trying to. His, uh, his sad little audition he does where it's like, all right, I'm going to give you two options. Uh, this is uh, Harry Winkler, unmanaged, <laughs> reading for oh, Man at the Back of the Bus. Man at the Back of the Bus. Yeah, yeah. Then it's... Hey, we're at the back of the bus here. Number two. <laughs> hey, I'm at the back of the bus. <laughs> and then he's trying to have uh, sex with that the FBI investigator. I love that. I love the date where she, he, she, she goes to the dinner or the re- <clears throat> yeah the um, the restaurant and he insists that she orders this chicken he's like if that's not the best chicken you've ever had in your life i want you to kick me in the genitals 
Yeah, he's he is definitely the best character on this show. I, and I, I yeah. said like, oh, I'm, I'm kind of liking the Stephen Root stuff, but no, it's I light up every time Winkler's coming on the stage. Me too. Uh, and initially, classes... you're like, oh, this fucking asswipe. This is such like a misogynist, uh, obsessed with himself acting coach that, that exists all all out here. And um, like we said at the top, uh, some of it hits a little close to home for people that are out in LA and going to these classes in the Valley and you're like, Oh God. Yeah. I've been there. Um, so I'm still curious to see what like people all over the country are thinking about it, but yeah, is it, it, it's, have you heard anybody else funny. besides us watching it? I've talked to a few people kind of at work and it's like, yeah, it's, it's, it's so not like meta or anything, but it's like, yeah, like it's very relatable, but also you're like, God, yeah, it's, there's just that air depression, um, kind of hinders the laughs uh, every once in a while. Especially with like, his girlfriend. Oh, that's so awkward. Yeah, you're like, oh, that's so awkward. Oh, man. The acting party was the, and the the one girl from the class knows a guy who was in a CG role in Pinocchio and uh-huh. just like everyone fawning over this guy and, and this guy just announcing himself by his first and last name everywhere and it's like, yeah, yep, yep that's right on. Uh, I loved the, the little laptop bit and one of the most recent episodes where he goes and he's fallen in love with one of the girls in class and he goes to bring her a laptop and she's had a rough day because she finds out her agent is trying to sleep with her and that's the only reason why she's getting sent out on work and she looks at the laptop mm-hmm. and she's like that's my rent for three months yeah what the fuck <laughs> fucking bails on him what do you think what did you take away from that so this was in episode four where the um so this agent this douche nozzle has her hip pocketed right so she, he doesn't really represent her but he's kind of sending her out if she books something then he'll get to take credit then for he- it and claim claim the 10 percent. so they have this whole thing where it's like look there comes a time so she's like so if i book this are, are you gonna like actually represent me and he says um there comes a time in every uh uh moment where i have to make a decision on uh whether to represent uh, an actress or to have sex with her. And he just pauses. She's like, uh, uh, I'd like to keep this professional. And he's like, I'm joking. Do you think he actually was joking? Oh, no. That, I think that was, that a, was the test. Yeah, that was a test. And then the bailout, if, she, if, if it's not received, is I'm joking. Uh-huh. And then, of course, gotcha. moving forward, you'll, you're not going to hear from me. Yeah, so that was like a uh, listen. You're gonna go down on me right now, and then I will represent you. And we'll. But and so he was gauging her, and she was like, "Oh, I'd like to keep this professional." Oh, I was kidding. Yeah, yeah. I think yeah. I I, I wasn't really exactly clear on where they're going with that, but obviously. And then if you listen to the HBO a closer look after the episode where Bill Hader and Alex uh, Alec Berg are t- kind of talking about it. He was like, yeah, I was talking to, like, my, you know, my female actresses or the, the females in the room. We're like, okay, well, like, what would happen? Uh, well, he would say this. Oh, my God, I can't believe it. Oh, okay, well, well, then what happened? Well, she would apologize. And so this was like, yeah, this is how the industry works and or did for a long time. And it's really gross. And, wow. Yeah, so that was like a firsthand account, essentially, of these, these female writers in the room kind of feeding Bill Hader the, the ideas. The actual scenario and how it play. The industry has yeah. been jacked up for a long time, and it's, uh, you know, it's, I, I believe it's changing. Obviously, I'm not there and in it right now, but, uh, yeah. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it seems to be changing a little bit. You know, there's there's women in higher power running studios, studio heads, um, and you, f- you feel like they would be able to have a, 
a role in changing that sort of well, a lot of these guys just culture. were viewed as too powerful to see consequence and and clearly that's yeah. not the case i mean careers are over kevin spacey and uh you know obviously weinstein and uh even you know louis ck yeah. guys like that so you know they uh there there are a few people going down but it, it's hard also I, I i guess what's helpful is that like a girl like this no-name actress could get on twitter and out this guy and and people would now take notice of that like it like it's it's coming out of everywhere right it's you know yeah. like james franco's students mm-hmm. where she, it was like this guy made me make out with somebody in the scene i was uncomfortable uh, but you know, people you, people hear that they see it. Uh, you know, Twitter is a big reason for that. So, if that, because I, I wanted to say, um, yeah, a few people are going down like these big guys because so many people in the industry can back up the stories. Yeah. But something like some asshole um, agent, like I, that, that has to still. Oh, um, yeah. Under the radar, but yeah. I, I think less. It'll happen a lot less, yeah, which, yeah, which less. is good. Uh, back to the show, uh, The one of my favorite bits out of all of these episodes so far was when Henry Winkler gives Barry Glengarry Glen Ross to do, yeah. to try to show, because to, to Barry's always so passive in his scenes and so polite, so he wants to give him something with yeah. some gravitas, so he gives him Glengarry Glen Ross. And uh, he, I wanted to give you something with the mildest degree of balls. Yeah, and he comes out and he's like, uh, coffee is for closers, so don't forget that. And- <laughs> yeah, the most affable reading of that scene. It's because okay, clearly. All right, well, um, who, wants, uh, who wants to see first place? First place? A Cadillac yeah. Eldorado. Uh, oh, okay. Second great. prize. Uh, second prize is, is a so- lovely set of steak knives, <laughs> and third prize is, well, well, okay, you're fired. But, uh, <laughs> But just say, like, reading it like such a pussy. And everyone's just like, and like, clearly he's the only one in the room that's never seen that scene. I know, yeah. Oh, that was and there, money. And I love I love that it was the one scene that's like from the movie, not like from the play. Yeah. Because, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's the most, that's so tip, like stereotypical Hollywood is like, here's this yeah. movie based on this play where a lot of the, the scenes are written. And, and one thing was written for the movie, and that's the assignment yeah. that he's been given. Uh-huh. In this scene work class. That everyone knows. Yeah, exactly. Um, and it, do you find it surprising how consistently bad he is in, in the acting just based on, like, he got into the class by doing that phenomenal off-the-cuff sort of, like, this is my life, it sucks, this is why I want to be in the class. Mm-hmm. And then he gets in, and he, it's just, like, it's he's not really learning at all. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. It's it's so foreign to him. And he's... Were you, were you expecting to see more of a... Um, progression from Barry as the actor or is it funnier if he just stays horrendous at this thing that he loves for no reason yes to both of your questions yes I was expecting him to start to grow and develop and I was going to be interested to see how the that performance like just the Bill Hader's performance is measured and and, and comes out over time and and just showing the the slight differences and improvement but it also is very funny to watch a dude who it has no reference level to this industry at all and watch him try yeah. to like fumble around in these fucking scenes and fuck him up. So I guess I, yes I, got to a, both. I got a little, I, I was a little not, I don't know about disappointed or annoyed of the right words, but like when he gets to the Shakespeare scene and it's completely terrible, like it's not even close. Mm-hmm. He's just like standing up there reading and it, like as the teach, I, I know you have to move the story along and it's a great vehicle for him to be like, you know, Macbeth is like a, this allegory for him as like this murderer, but it, it, 
it's I, I was kind of taken out of the reality for a minute because this guy who supposedly holds a high standard for this class, he's like, all right, you, you got to get out of here. This is not even close. You're, you're, you're nowhere near. I just thought it was so terrible mm-hmm. um, that it was a little distracting where it's like, I mean, this, this chick up there is dying because she's up there with these two terrible actors it's not even you know it's yeah. completely unproductive yeah but if the guy actually held his class to a standard he would have he'd be yeah yeah especially like, if you like, have to audition are, to get into that class they would have yeah, they would have exactly. booted him by now yeah yeah for sure and especially if you think back on episode one where he like rags on uh i forget her name but the blonde chick and he like forces her into tears and then he's like okay now action, action. yeah um, and he's not doing that with Barry. He's, I think he's just kind of letting... He, he, it seems like he's given up on him already um, when he lets something like that slide. But that's a very... Yeah, you are picking a nit, but that's okay. Yeah. I, I see where your head's um, at there. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, going strong. I uh, I feel like it's uh, it's hitting its stride. Um, there was maybe a episode two or three there where it's like, okay, like wh- when is this going to... When is the shit going to hit the fan? It's just, you know, this guy is incredibly good at his job and he wants to do something he's terrible at. I get the bit. Uh, it was funny in the pilot, and then it kind of dragged for a minute. But now they're like finding these layers, and it's, it's, uh, it's, it's going deeper, and I kind of like it. Yeah, I, I would. I again, I want to say I watched three comedies. They're all bizarro. Uh, they're a little off the beaten path, but I, th- I just think they're all great watches. And that's um, uh, Barry, Brockmeyer, and Last Man on Earth, which is kind of jumping shark, but still, uh, I, I find moments where I really enjoy it. So they're all on Sunday. I. I gave that. Uh, can you sell me on? Um, I, I watched season one of uh, Last Man Standing. Last Man on Earth. Uh, or Last Last Man on Earth. Um, and then I kind of gave up. What, what is it? Season three by now? I think it's season four. Oh, wow. I think maybe season three. I don't know. You know, they like split off and go away for six yeah. months and come back. So I, I don't know specifically which one it, it is. But uh, yeah, you know, they, they kind of bounce around. He He's built in really good uh, opportunities to have guests on almost cameos for three or four episodes and just the way that the world is the state of the world and in the in the disease that will wipe people out uh, they die so yeah he'll have guys on like sudeikis fred armison uh he had chris elliott in there uh Kristen wig came on for a couple episodes so he builds in stuff um but it's really just it's 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 a really low production it's only about six or seven characters normally it's in one location wherever they, they, they'll all kind of hold up inside of a mansion uh and it just it's bizarre comedy uh he's a he's a weird guy i, I i've always really liked will forte so i i get into it it's also of the three that i just mentioned one's on hbo one's on ifc and which is Brockmire, and that's a little risky. This one's on Fox, so it's kind of, you know, there's stuff that there's stuff that they have to do around network television that keeps it in a, a pretty safe bubble. Right on. Um, well, another show that just premiered, the big ticket out there is Westworld, and this is something you're up on, huh? Yeah. Although I'm starting to get worried, man. That pilot was uh, was pretty rough. The, the, or see, not the pilot, the season two, episode one, was uh, yeah a little draining. I, cool. I wonder how long it's going to keep its momentum. Uh, what drained it for you? Like, it was like convoluted? You just yeah, you lost? It's, it's convoluted. There's, there's not a lot of energy in these stories. Uh, and, you know, kind of the nature of the, the robots, everyone's very whispery and very mellow. It's the most melodramatic show I've ever seen. Uh, and it's 
there's yeah, so there's many, not a lot of uh, levity going. And there's not a lot of character because because the nature of the robots and everything, and that and that's there's so many characters. But I really, especially the transition coming out of season one, because I didn't go back and rewatch. Uh, it would have been a lot of heavy lifting for me to rewatch that as a refresher. But yeah. I, I found myself forgetting a lot about the characters because there's so many, uh, and uh, it's just it's it's a stressful watch. <laughs> I and I almost felt like like I, I before me and you jumped on. I was watching the second episode tonight, and I was just like, let's buckle up and sit in. And when I start to feel like I have to strap in for an episode, and it becomes kind of a chore to watch it. I wonder how long yeah. I'm going to stay with it. But I don't know. How are you feeling? Uh, well, I kind of felt similar to season one where I was so out of my element or, or just kind of thrown off the entire... I was like just playing catch-up every single time. But it was such a mind fuck that it was... I mean, I think that's why it became a phenomenon where n- nobody really could lock down exactly what's going on. And thus, you know, the... Uh, uh, the the Reddit boards are abound with theories. Yeah, you know, it's a good the, point. The, it's a good theory. The theory nerds. But those shows yeah. always seem to lose momentum, especially when you take long breaks to to film. And I think this happened yeah. a little bit in Lost, where Lost kind of was part of that Netflix wave, where people were just renting the the the, the discs and blowing through. It was really I the first time I ever experienced binge watching was with the show Lost, and. Mm then you would get to a, a large, large break between season two and season three where it was like eight months off and then it was like, man, I'm, I'm out of the... It's just, it's too tough for me to get back in and, and there's all this storyline that I've forgotten and, you know, I, I just... I'm starting to feel the same way with Westworld. Yeah, it's definitely it's definitely a heavy prestige drama. Um, but, uh, I mean, it looks gorgeous and it's... I'm kind of along for the ride. I guess... You know, it's um, saddle up. If we're going, yeah, saddle it up. <laughs> and and your your point to um, why should I care about these robots dying? They can easily be brought back to life. Um, I guess I try not to think about. It. I, I'm still interested to see what happens next because it's it's a show where I don't really know what's happening, and there's like three timelines. And to your point too, like when I'm watching the the first episode here of the season. I was kind of in like Jerry like I I felt like I was a Jerry Seinfeld bit where like the entire episode I'm I'm with my roommate Ray I'm like wait wait who who was that guy who was that guy, the guy from before but no no that's a that's a different guy yeah I couldn't I couldn't follow the plot I I had I was so stinking lost man and yeah I was like who who went back and rewatched that first season to to be boned up on all this because it's that first season is so stinking heavy that I I felt yeah. like I had finished a marathon after I watched it and I was proud of myself for watching it and so you know every single episode now the second episode they had to do a recap just reminding everybody about certain plot elements in the in the first season that are gonna apply to night and I don't know. well this is your first foray into the big water cooler hbo i mean with game of thrones this has been going on for a while with like the recaps and the the theories the fan theories and yeah so maybe you're just you're you're new to the i'm an uncharted waters man yeah <laughs> you're new to the narrative okay but um those recaps are so useless especially i mean i feel like i could have gone on ign and found like a uh Westworld season one in five minutes, and that would have been more. I mean, I, I mean, I could. That's the least I could have done probably, in uh, in, in to get ready. Uh, um, but I chose I chose just to watch the kind of the trailer recap 
and it really doesn't help. No. Shot out of a cannon, if South Park were to parody this, what would uh, what were what would be some plot elements you think would happen? South Park's oh, gonna parody this. That'd be a good idea, actually, for a South Park episode. So, like, Cartman is creating a Westworld. And... Oh, yeah, for sure. <laughs> well, how, how would you go about it? Well, like, like, Cartman would be, like, the um, Anthony Hopkins character. Um, I think Cartman would be out there having sex with all the robots. Or trying to... <laughs> no, I... Or Randy. Oh, yeah, Randy would definitely be. Oh, oh hi, Shannon, oh, I'm just gonna oh. head down to Westworld real quick. Just gonna go yeah, out of Westworld. going to Westworld. Hey... <laughs> Hey Johnson, uh, you want to go to totally Westworld? Be... Hey, let's go. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, shit. Oh, oh shit. Oh. 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 <laughs> I, I think that, yeah, And the kids Yeah, the kids would the kids would go get caught on some sort of stupid uh gold hunt, gold rush hunt and, and the, yeah, the robots exactly. would break and they'd be out there. Ah, uh, oh, shit. Oh, the robots broke. God damn it. Oh, God damn it. I'm trying to get drunk for the first time and now I'm on this fucking gold rush with this broken robot. Well, well no, they they would be they be do they would be doing something very like kind of wholesome and but childish but making it very serious. Mm-hmm. Um they'd be off in like the child portion of the park and then we'd cut to Randy just like murdering and raping and, <laughs> and just <laughs> Just like to, like like he would be he would be the Ed Harris character. Yeah, yeah, he would he would get lost in the maze, and <laughs> the kids would have to go save Dad. Randy getting lost in the maze. Oh man, that is that's such a funny idea. Butters would probably fall in love with uh, Dolores. Uh huh. But Butters wait, would wait, wait. have the whimsical. She's not real. Oh. Or maybe maybe we could see a return of uh, Pimp Butters yeah. in Westworld. Yeah, I could see Pimp Butters making a return. Do you know what yeah. I am saying? So anyway, there's uh, there's an idea. We'll send that off to Trey and Matt and uh, see if we can work on that for the yeah. next season. You know, it's like Ben and Jerry's. You know, we'll just like submit our flavor and uh, hope it gets made. And I'm sure they're looking for ideas. Oh, I'm know, sure. They don't have enough email in their their uh, junk box. I'll I'll call that right now. I I, I think we'll see some Westworld uh, parody in next season. Yeah, there's a lot to work I'm, with. Yeah, especially because uh, they really hit Game of Thrones pretty hard. Wieners, big ol' fluffy uh, wieners, wieners. I think I found out what we're going to be playing ourselves out with. <laughs> we, we always find it organically. Yeah. <laughs> um, before we sign off, um, I just want to ask you, since you've now completed Comedians in Cars, do you have any uh, any final thoughts? What were your what were your favorites? You're, did you did you, enjo- the, did you enjoy my boy? You're one hundred percent correct. The Bob Einstein. Uh, uh, <laughs> car episode the acura, the acura episode yeah. was easily the best <laughs> making this guy shell out for and then and then he tells him at the end he can't get the car uh that one that one i just busted a gun i don't get a car what was the what was the what was the joke that he tells there's a there's a couple of them the, are you talking about the one where the guys um oh the water the, the water yeah yeah so an Arab's crawling through the desert. He's burning up water, water, water. He comes to a Jewish tie salesman in the middle of the desert. Water. No, no, no. I don't got any water. I only sell ties. Water. All right, tell you what. There's an inn three miles that way. They'll give you water. So off he crawls. Five days later, he comes crawling back. Water, water. You know, burning up. And the, the, the tie salesman says, what, they didn't give you any water at the inn? No, they wouldn't let me in what without a tie. A tie. <laughs> <laughs> well, we- I love how, like... He's so aggressive in his uh, joke telling. He just plows right through. It's so, it's so funny. And then he told he told like a really vulgar one too that I can't remember. Well, the one about like the the 
the the woman's. Uh, no, that, that that was in the one before. Oh, the that cunt, that your was cunts in, in the sink. Yeah, your cunts in your sink. That was from a comedian. That was from um, Kirby enthusiasm. Yeah, there was a different one. Uh, one. Anyway, uh, yeah, he was easily the funniest one. Uh, and, and then I I love that they're at like the the douchiest busiest coffee shop in L.A. Earth Cafe. I drive past it all the yeah. time. It's just uh, Persians in uh, Lamborghinis parked outside. It makes no sense. Although it was in Entourage, so I think that's why it's so oh, okay. But th- they're in this like loud ass place, and, and Jerry, so he's in the middle of that uh, really touching speech about how his dad died, and then he he was able to take over the you know get into show yeah. business, and then and then Jerry's like, are we are you here? Are Can you, you hear him? Like what? Yeah. I just got yeah, done like, telling well, you I a just... touching story almost brings me to tears. Here, you turn to ass wipe. You turn to this ass wipe and ask him if he's getting the audio. <laughs> Just, I love the term asswipe in that situation. Just like some audio engineer. Oh man, you can tell that he really busts up Jerry too. Like Jerry is honestly thinks this guy is just hysterical. Uh huh. Yeah. So yeah, I think yeah, that's a good one. He, so I'm glad you joined. He's it. the number one episode. That episode's number one. Uh, Howard Stern, I think you were right. Is 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 in the in the top. I really enjoyed the Kristen Wiig episode. I really enjoyed the Brian Regan episode, uh, and then. I really enjoyed the uh, Michael Richards episode just because. Yeah, I was I was just gonna say that because I re- I just rewatched that one. I went back to make sure I had like covered all my bases, um, you know, just to rewatch everything. I was like, oh yeah, I forgot that I haven't seen that since it aired on Crackle, like the second ever episode. Yeah, and uh, his story about playing that uh, that savant uh, chess player in like on, on the street. Be like, okay, uh, but I beat you two times. You, you, know. you, 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 you don't get to play me no more. Oh, yeah, so and he beats him in like five moves, and the guy won't play him anymore because yeah, yeah. it's it's you know it's boring to him. It's it's too easy. Yeah, and he, and and so I, I asked my friend. I was like, yeah, I, I you know I I just played this guy in chess, and he beat me in three in five moves. And he's like, oh yeah, you met a savant. Yeah, you know, whenever I'm in a, in a tournament, um, I try to find one of those guys in town, and uh, you know, just to like you know practice before the the tournament. He's like, oh yeah, did you ever beat him? Never. Yeah. <laughs> this professional player, just this like, this crazy guy is amazing. Probably one of the best players in the world. He's some homeless dip, man. Yeah. That's yeah. Chess is crazy. It's weird to me because like the the people that are really good are insane, uh, and it's it's weird. Yeah. Even Bobby Fischer lost his mind. There's a yeah, little doc, thirty he... for thirty about it. Yeah, he was playing the Big Blue, right? It was Bobby Fischer versus Big Blue. That's yeah, yeah, and he he. But he ends up losing his mind, and yeah. Anyway. Yeah. All right. Well. Yeah. Um, I think I've just lost my mind talking to you for. Half lose hour. your fucking mind. Yeah, you lose your mind. Um. All right. Well. Uh. That does it for the fiftieth episode of the. Analysis. Thanks, guys, for hanging with us the entire time, and enjoy your floppy wieners. Floppy wieners. Floppy wieners. Floppy wieners. Bye. Floppy wieners. 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 Bye.